0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and to the traditional owners of the game Mangrook, without which our game wouldn't exist. This is Footy Actually. Brought to you by Play On Radio. Welcome to Footy, actually the alternative footy podcast for diehard fans. I am Rana Hussein and as always with me is AFL analyst Gemma Bastiani. So much to talk about, Gemma. How was your weekend in Footy?
2: It was interesting. <laughs> interesting is a good word for it, because it can be both good and bad. <laughs>
1: Yes, tell me more. What was interesting and is it a good
2: interesting or a bad interesting? Uh, it's both. <laughs> I mean, not to get a per, put a personal bias in, but the Swans didn't play so great, which is a bit mm. sad. Um, but there was some good stuff happening, so there, there's still plenty to talk about. So much to talk about. Anzac Weekend. We'll fire
1: up our spotlight. In which direction are we pointing our spotlight first, Gemma?
2: So I kind of signaled to this at the top of the episode. Um, But I think we've got to talk about Gold Coast's pressure. Um, The Swans were outclassed by Gold Coast just in terms of willingness to, like, work rate and willingness to get to every contest. And it was super impressive. And if you're not a Sydney fan, it's a great game to watch because the Suns showed how you can win a game, maybe not through having the most talented players on the field, but through just working really hard. And... I mean, back through play on reviews of AFLW, that work work rate was kind of my buzzword, my buzz phrase. So it, it has kind of worked into this as well. So the Suns actually, they're inside 50... Ta- so forward pressure, inside 50 tackle numbers. They had 21 to the Swans, 8. So they were getting around and forcing the pressure on any sort of exit from defense and, you know, making the most of their forward 50 entries. So once it was inside 50, they had 15 marks, which is a really impressive amount. They also went at 57.7% efficiency inside 50. So they were getting a shot on goal more than half of the time the ball went in there, which is huge. So that's something from the Suns that was born out of work rate, born out of the willingness to just have a go. Um, And it worked for them because they obviously came away with the win, but the Swans were really uh, uh, kind of showing up in that respect as well.
1: Gemma, how is pressure tracked or (laughs) what on earth? Is there a person that's sitting there watching every pressure...
2: Yeah, so there is someone at Champion. So, Champion Data will have people tracking, you know, the game uh, in terms of just stats around the game. They'll have someone tracking the interchanges, and they'll also have someone tracking pressure. And that's how they come up with their pressure gauge. Um, Someone has gone through from Champion Data and actually explained step-by-step the pressure stuff. I'm not going to attempt to repeat that here because this episode will go on for four hours. But (laughs) there is something online. um, If you look for it, um, Champion Data tweeted it out not too long ago as well. So you can check that out. But in a short answer, yes, there is someone that literally sits there and tracks pressure.
1: That's got to be a crappy job. (laughs) I mean, I cannot... How on earth t- – I don't – I actually can't understand how that works. I'm going to have to go and research this because
2: – It's it's worth reading. It is quite interesting for people that like stats or people that just want to understand it. It is fairly well explained, I think.
1: But really, are we talking about like hovering, touching another player? Like what are we – what are the actual things that they look
2: at? There's so many things, you know. Okay. Um, Attempted tackles – Um, tackles, uh, some of the one percenters get included in it. There's a lot of stuff that gets included there.
1: Wow, my mind is boggling at the thought. (laughs) Hey, you've also got some love for Carlton from this weekend as well.
2: Yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of negative stuff about Carlton. I wanted to find something positive about them to talk about good (laughs) um because I do like to look at the positives of things as much as possible I think that as much as it's frustrating that Carlton are losing and that there's this and that wrong and a lot of people are highlighting what they're doing wrong I think it's worth pointing out Harry Mackay and Sam Walsh Harry Mackay and Sam Walsh are having really good seasons in a forward line that has been inconsistent so Charlie Curnow hasn't played for 18 months um Mitch McGovern hasn't played a lot of footy recently. You know, Levi Casbolt can be quite unreliable. Harry Mackay has stood strong in that forward line. He's kicked another six goals. He took nine marks and five of those were inside 50. And I think that's what you want from your key forward. And he's taking control because all those other players are either injured or not in form. He's usually taking control the strongest defender every time as well and still putting performances out like this he kicked seven goals five a couple of weeks ago he's kicked six this week I think that's definitely something to note um, amongst all the negative talk about Carlton and then Sam Walsh as well he is a leader I know he's only 20 or 21 a leader. He sets the standard for hard work, willingness to go from contest to contest, but then his skill level on top of that is really, really strong. He had 33 disposals, which is the most on the ground. He used the ball at 76% as well, which is very high. He took nine marks as well, had eight inside 50, so delivering the ball forward a lot. Um, He had five clearances and seven score involvements as well. So that's an all-round performance from a young kid who's been in the system for, what, three years? That's so exciting.
1: I can't believe I've never asked you this, but what do you mean by he uses the ball at 76% efficiency?
2: So 76% of the time that he disposes of the ball, it gets to where it needs to go. Ah, right. Okay. Gotcha.
1: I can't believe Sam Walsh is so young still. Yeah, he's a star. He's amazing. Speaking of young and the future.
2: uh, My favorite things. (laughs)
1: Something I've been loving this season are the young pups coming through and watching the young crop of players step up is actually giving me more excitement this season than watching the older statesmen of the game. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, I got that feeling in the AFLW as well, but yep. in, um, since my focus has sort of turned to AFLM, I've really loved watching... The youngsters.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And a really good example. I'm, I mean, we've been talking about it quite a bit. We talked about the Swans, young players earlier in the season. We've just talked about Sam Walsh, like a lot of these players. Hawthorne and Adelaide matched, uh, like played off one, against one another. It was probably a game on the calendar that people didn't care too much about looking toward the round. Um, but it absolutely kind of became. A game to watch and I think people were tuning in. like I didn't have it on initially because I was doing something. When I saw these kids were kicking these goals I turned it on because I was like I can't miss this even though I was busy. Um, so Riley um, t- Phil Thorpe I think is how you say it. I'm mm. sorry if I got it wrong. Um, he debuted, uh, a lot of people have been asking when he's going to debut. He finally did. He kicked five goals, had 16 disposals and took five marks and then um Kaczynski at the other end of the ground, Jacob Kaczynski, in his fifth game of footy, he kicked five goals, had 14 disposals and nine marks. So at each end of the ground, there was a young player at the very, very start of their career kicking a bag. <laughs> like Amazing, when right? have we ever seen that happen? I probably should have looked up the last time something like that happened. Um, someone tell me if they want. But yeah, I think it it's so exciting in in a game that kind of, is not going to mean a lot when it comes to the pointy end of the season. It became a spectacle because of these young kids doing this stuff. And then it went down to the wire. It was a three-point margin.
1: It was so great. I distinctly remember saying to you last week that Hawthorne could win this game. And you shook your head at me, <laughs> young Gemma, and said, no, no, no. And I really am annoyed that I didn't back that instinct because I did give Adelaide, but... I had a feeling Hawthorne would do something special. Well, yes, the youngsters are very exciting. And another youngster that we should talk about at some point is Cozzy Pickett, but we'll get to them. (laughs) We'll get to him and his Ds. Last week, Gemma, you'll remember that I asked you if you could be in the press conference with the coach, who would it be and what would you ask? And I had so much fun doing that that I want to play again. So I think you've got a question for me this week that you want to ask a coach.
2: Yeah, so I should clarify that generally my questions for coaches probably aren't press conference relevant. Um, but if I could just ask a coach a question, this would be the one this week. Um, Justin Longmu, I'd love to speak to him about what has changed behind the scenes to kind of be the catalyst for Sean Darcy's development? Because he's having an incredible season this year. Now, bear with me. I have some numbers. Oh. Surprise. <laughs> so in 2020, he was averaging 8.9 disposals. This year, he's averaging 15. So that's six over six more than he was last year. He was averaging 1.7 marks last year. So he's up to four this year. He was averaging 22 hitouts last year and he's about the same mark there despite playing more in the forward line. Mm-hmm. He kicked five goals last year. He's kicked six already this year, which is 1.2 a game. And he was averaging two clearances last year and he's up to 3.6 this year. So the thing that they relied on him for last year, which was the hit-outs um, as that tall player – He's still doing that to the same standard, but he's lifted all this other stuff and he's having a real impact. And it's at a time where Fremantle have had tall players kind of get injured and be unavailable for selection. He's picking up that slack well and truly. And it's so fun to watch again, another young player who's stepping into their kind of their role a little bit more. And it's a joy to watch. And I would love to know what has influenced that. It's a great question. It's a real footy question, unlike my
1: question. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you've got. (laughs) So you know I love a press conference and I love lobbing some really silly or controversial questions at a coach. I was thinking this weekend uh, I would actually really like to ask Ben Rutten of Essendon, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how relieved are you not to have John Worsfold around?
2: (laughs) Controversial is definitely the word for that. <laughs> Don't you reckon he's a bit like, oh,
1: finally get to just stretch <laughs> out into this coaching geek? Um, and then I wanted to ask Adam Simpson, who do you really want to yell at after that performance? I think the
2: answer would be everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was so scathing of his team. <laughs> but he, like, credit to him, he also said, look, it, it was my fault. I didn't really coach them very well. He just had nothing great to say at all. And I mean, it was a poor performance. Um, we poor. do have a listener question relating to the West Coast Eagles, but we'll get there towards the end. But I, yeah, it wasn't
2: a great game for them. No, it really wasn't. <laughs>
1: oh, well, let's switch gears now. Uh, it's time to award our play on Performer for the round. Just a reminder, this player receives absolutely nothing <laughs> from us, um, but a respectful Tip of the hat, I would say.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I choose these every week, so <laughs> blame me if it's not someone that you wanted me to talk about. The obvious answer to this would have been Darcy Parish, but everyone else is talking about Darcy Parish. Let's talk about someone different. Um, Christian Salem is the guy.
1: Yes.
2: Um, I think he absolutely should have won the best on ground medal in this game. I know Petrarca had 10 clearances, but I think Christian Salem was such a steadying influence for Melbourne, especially when things were a little bit murky early in the game. Um, He was crucial both in one-on-ones in defence and in terms of his ball use kind of rebounding, which is really important. He had 39 disposals, which was the most on ground. And he, again, he used it at 80% efficiency. So you know how I said before, Sam Walsh was 76% Mm. was high. Salem went at 80%. Which, coming out of defence, could you ask for anything more? You know, like, that is powerful. And then you think about Trent – I'm getting off topic here – but you think about Trent Rivers, who's also in the, that back line, he uses the ball very well by foot too. So it's just like a very good setup. Melbourne have got there now.
1: By the way, Rivers is a great player.
2: Jet – should have had a rising star nomination last week. I just did a weird hand thing <laughs> <laughs> out of frustration <laughs> then. Sorry. I loved it. <laughs> um, he, Salem took seven marks and he had 789 metres gained for the game, which is the most on the ground. He also had nine intercepts, six inside fifties, eight rebounds, and he kicked a goal. I mean, you don't have to tell me because
1: I was at this game and I knew he was having a corker because of the amount of times I went, good Salem. <laughs> It was so great to watch him. Um, I'm a fan of his. I've been a fan of his for a while, but it was so good to see him actually really kind of show what he can do. And I'm convinced that he was meant to win. And then the kerfuffle with the announcer not knowing who was supposed to win meant that someone just went, yep, Christian, and they went off. It must be Petrarca.
2: Yeah. uh, Petrarca had a great game. And again, he had 10 clearances kicked, what, two goals. But... I think Salem's influence out of defense, and again, especially when things were tight, was just game-changing for them. And then, you know, there's lots of other Melbourne stuff we could talk We could talk about Cozzie Pickett, <sighs> talk about Luke Jackson, talk about Trent Rivers, all those young guys. Um, you know, James Jordan is having a big influence in his first season – first season playing he's been at the club for longer and then you know max Gorn, he's amazing and nathan jones 300 there's so much about melbourne to talk about but i think christian salem needs to be the topic this week
1: i would just like some pats on the back for how much i am not talking about the D's, even though i would love to be there was so much to say about that game um but just know that i've got a big smile on my face (laughs) it's true (sighs) All right. Well, we've we've been nice enough now. It's time to let some people know they need to probably pull their socks up. If you're new to the podcast, this is just a friendly warning from us to a team or a person that they should pull their socks up. Maybe just a little nudge that says, come on now, you can do a little better than that. Uh, Gemma, you have a cracker.
2: Yeah, and I know that it's it's something that you're not going to be too happy with. <laughs> um, so I'm expecting some uh, resistance here. But I think Richmond's lack of discipline is an issue. Um, it has been an issue in the past. We saw last year the Josh Caddy mm. incidents, things like that. When, when Richmond's not playing so well or someone's on top of them, um, they revert to this really undisciplined, uh, kind of almost nasty game style, which is just off the ball stuff, a lot of talk and very little actual, like, productive stuff. And you notice that when they go out of that, that's when they actually win games. But when they're doing this, very rarely do they win games. And that was really evident in this one. It's just just unnecessary. It exerts a lot of energy. And then they give away free kicks in front of goal or in crucial parts of the game where they should really be trying to just win the ball. And it's just stupid to watch. Like, I am no fan of violence on the footy field or malaise. I think those shows of strength are so stupid and dumb. Even when teams that I like are doing it, i just like, come on now, <laughs> sort yourself out.
1: Yeah, look, I didn't love it either. And I'm so I'm with you on this. I The only thing I'll say is that I do understand maybe feeling frustrated and that they weren't really playing. Well, they were getting beaten at their own game.
2: They were, but feeling frustrated can be exerted in different ways. Like, look at... And this is not a, this is not an example I joyously bring, but look at Joel Selwood when his team is down and he's frustrated that he's not playing very well. He doesn't come out and punch people or grab people by the collar. He comes out and, you know, might win a few free kicks, but he plays good footy to lift his team that way. Whereas I noticed Richmond do the hitting people off the ball stuff... A lot more and it's just and it happens in AFLW as well and I hated AFLW as well it's just stupid like you're not actually proving anything to anyone whereas if you play footy and do it through footy you're proving something to someone
1: it's interesting because I do remember this coming up last year with Richmond and so off the back of that I was a bit disappointed to see it and it was just like okay come on play the game uh, did you notice when there was a little melee that happened and, and Richmond gave away two free kicks that uh, Cosie was pointing to the scoreboard, which I kind of loved, but I also thought, oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves
2: here. <laughs> you only said that because Melbourne's burnt you too many times before. <laughs> That's right. It
1: made me really nervous. But, oh, Cosie, let's not I uh, mean, go there.
2: I like the bit of cheek, but I don't like the physical, like, impact. Like, do that and then move on. It's like Roxy Roo turning to Libby Birch after she kicks a goal and saying something. Like, do that then move on. I think that's the thing. I don't mind a bit of
1: frustration coming out in standing up for yourself or or really kind of taking the game on. And I think Richmond did need to do that. but Not physically.
2: Just, yeah, I'm not a fan of the physical either. Um, And just to add on to that very quickly, there's a common thing where people will put up historical free kick counts for, since X year. And the most recent one that I've seen, Sydney's obviously on the bottom, but then Richmond's quite low. And a lot of Richmond supporters say, hey, look how low we are, yet we still win flags, well, They're low because they give away so many free kicks through undisciplined acts. That's what it really is. And this is me making a broad statement, I'm aware. I haven't gone through and looked at every single free kick Richmond's given away since 2010. But they often lose free kick counts in games like this where they do this. They lost it 24-17 to in this one. And I can almost guarantee that at least three-quarters of the differential there is through silly things that they did. So you're saying Richmond
1: don't drop their heads, they get aggressive correct. Mm. Look, I'm going to call out the broadcasters again, two weeks in a row, which look I don't love doing, but I'm, no one specific. I'm not going to name names, which is ironic because the thing that I want to call out is broadcasters consistently getting players names wrong. I just I feel like <laughs> we've recently done a play-by-play and broadcasting course um, with the ABC which was really cool and one thing that was highlighted above everything else is accuracy <laughs> mm-hmm. and to see broadcasters just repeatedly get names wrong is astounding to me
2: yeah it's an interesting one given the fact that that is part of your job I guess like it, yeah you might miss see someone and once and it's it is what it is but when you know who the player is and you're just saying the name wrong because you haven't gone to the effort to work out how to say it right or because you choose not to, that's when it's an issue.
1: I suspect there's a little bit of laziness in it and I think that's why it bothers me. So broadcasters, pull your up. Okay, Gemma, let's look at next round coming up what game are you looking forward to the most
2: so other than watching my own team play and <laughs> likely lose um i'm looking forward to brisbane against port adelaide on saturday evening at the gabba at 7:25 p.m. australian eastern standard time I'm very conscious of saying time zones um so this is kind of and this will be a controversial statement as well Um, I think this is the grand final matchup we all wanted last year and didn't Mm. get. Um, And they're both kind of hitting form at the same time. Brisbane have found their form. Port have kind of had one poor game and a backup and about. So I'm really looking forward to this. So we talked before about the young players of Hawthorne and um, Adelaide having a key forward at each end, kicking a lot of goals. In this one, we've got Danaher at one end and Dixon at the other. That is very exciting. Oh I can't wait. I know right and no lucky <laughs> Neil will hurt Brisbane so mm-hmm. I think it will be a port game but it um I'm just really looking forward to watching this as a neutral.
1: I can't believe you didn't want a Richmond Geelong Grand Final. I was quite <laughs> happy with that.
2: Oh raise your hand if you didn't want a Richmond Geelong Grand Final last year.
1: Well speaking of Richmond I am really looking forward to Richmond versus Western Bulldogs. I think it's The game of the round. (laughs) Fine. Mainly because I'm really interested to see now what Richmond do without Dusty. He's, of course, out with concussion. He has to serve the 12 days off. Uh, No Lambert, I believe. And Grimes should be back in, I think. So, I'm really curious to see what happens with Richmond because they didn't have a great game against Melbourne. And... I but I don't believe that we hear often with Richmond. No Dusty, no Richmond. I don't. I don't fully get behind that statement. I don't think that that's accurate. I think Richmond have a really great list, actually, and a lot of depth. And so I'm interested to see what they do without Dusty.
2: Yeah, that's valid. This is the kind of game Richmond wins. Backs against the wall, you know. Exactly. A few injured players coming off a poor loss this is the kind of game they win
1: i it baffles me that people are saying richmond are teetering because i think did you not see last year and the year before
2: i think Rana's still got her <laughs> richmond employee hat on today sorry everyone this is not a richmond apologist podcast um but this no. is where we've gone <laughs>
1: I don't even think about it, Richmond do this. they drop games i mean this is this next game is the one that they need to win to just keep in hanging there but i I don't know I think they they're fine. I don't feel sorry for them at all.
2: I think we put too much pressure on finals in round six. Right. It's different in w when the season is only nine <laughs> rounds long, but there's. Like eighteen weeks, sixteen weeks left. Guys, like, chill out. The all they, ha- all sides have to do is
1: just, just keep in touch with yeah, the effectively, yeah.
2: But yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. Finally. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we got some listener questions this week, some of which are very interesting and I can't wait to hear how you answer them, Gemma. We'll start off with a Melbourne supporter who is asking, lid on or off at Melbourne? Is it too early to trust them? I think everybody's still holding on with Melbourne, even though they've proven themselves against Richmond, which we said last week that they needed to do. I still don't believe. (laughs) Is that terrible? I
2: think that everyone's lid should be on at this time of the year, (laughs) no matter what team you are. That's fair. I think they – I I know a lot of Melbourne supporters have some, like, PTSD from previous years where, you know, they let you down after showing what they can do. Mm. I think this is the – obviously it's the first time they've been 0 and 6 since the 60s and all oh, 6 and 0 sorry um since the 60s but i think this is also the first time we've seen consistent footy from them and fixing the things on a consistent basis that they've done poorly in the past so the teamwork aspect so shepherding for one another actually creating an outlet that is outside of the congestion um you know, including one another in the team rather than being about yourself. All of that is very evident at Melbourne and then also their ability to fight back from difficult positions and win games, not just sail through ahead the whole time. All of those things are things that have had Melbourne come undone in the past. They've proven every single part of that. So I think you can trust them, but lids should be on for every single supporter for every single team right now.
1: Yeah, get that. Great airtight lid. (laughs)
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Uh, I loved that Melbourne absorbed the pressure on Saturday mm. night and then kicked away against Richmond. Uh, and I think they have one of the best lists going around. I mean, you yeah. can't, cannot deny the talent on that.
2: They that just side. needed to find some balance, which I think they've managed to do this year. In the past, they didn't quite have the balance um, So, like, they had the talent, but it wasn't in the right place or wasn't everywhere on the field, whereas now they have a solid forward line that, you know, Sam Wiedemann and Ben Brown are sitting in the seconds because they can't get a game, even though they're kicking goals in the second, like, a lot of goals in the seconds. The midfield is obviously strong, but also more versatile than it has been in the past. Um, You know, Jack Viney is playing a bit more time at half forward, which I think is a really good move. I don't know that he plays his best football playing in the midfield the whole time. And then the back line, obviously, May and Lever, but also Rivers and Salem kicking out of there. So the, the balance of this team is probably the best in the competition right now.
1: I think the other thing with the D's is, and what you can take heart from, is that they are now happy to be role players. Yes. That Angus Brayshaw is happy to be a role player
2: rather than a superstar. Jack Viney is happy to be a role player. I think... Yes. Um, yeah, there are a lot of players that are like that, but now they've realized like the common good. It's like the altruistic thing, isn't it? So we all come together for the common good. That's how Geelong was successful for so long. Ooh. It's how Sydney have been successful. Like it's a lot of teams that have, once they realize that things click. I think they just realise that they're a team. <laughs> yes, yeah, and not individual footballers. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, from a very successful side to one that is in a lot of pain at the moment, this next question for you is what do the Pies
2: need to do to win a game and find some form? Collingwood need to do what Melbourne, we just talked about, have done and work out that they're playing for one another rather than playing for themselves. And I think that will go a long way. So there's a lot of heat coming down on Brodie Grundy for some reason. (laughs) Brodie Grundy isn't the reason you guys are losing, you know, like I think they need to realize their role as part of the bigger team. Um, and I think their coaching panel needs to do that as well. And, you know, they've tried a few things, thrown players around, but it seems really strange to move one of your best defenders into the forward line when your defense is struggling because of injuries and things like that. So maybe some of the moves aren't quite the right moves. I know Darcy Moore is incredible, um, but, you know, when Jeremy Howe's not back there, you need some more support in defence. So maybe just some magnet, the the wrong magnets have been thrown. Um, but also, yeah, just playing for one another rather than playing your individual game. And I think that lifts the whole team. And and you see it, when someone kicks a goal, do you get around them or not?
0: Mm. Because that
2: was something that happened at the Saints as well. Jack Higgins kicked an unbelievable goal from the pocket. Not one player got to him. mm so that's the kind of thing you want to see more of because even if you're losing, if you're doing that for one another, it'll come right eventually. Absolutely. Two things
1: your comments make me think of. One is that I think Brody Grundy is a lightning rod for that frustration because of the amount he's getting paid. Well, and the length of his contract. Yes. Yeah. And so I think people just – that, it, regardless of his talent, that has upped the ante for him. And so it's the feeling is, well, if you're not performing – but we're paying you or you get this amazing deal, you better
2: perform, basically. Well, particularly at Collingwood, who had such a terrible off-season in terms of offloading a lot of players that are playing very well for other clubs right now.
1: Mm. But
2: that's a a Collingwood issue. That's not a Brody Grundy issue. No, it's not. And
1: I agree. I think... I think we're all a bit too harsh on Brody. The other thing it made me think of what you mentioned Jeremy Howe. he was at the game on Saturday night watching Nathan Jones play his three hundredth game, and I had to wonder how is he feeling now watching the d's have a six and zero set start to their season? I mean, I know he's he's seen some success at Collingwood, some success, not huge amounts, but I wonder if he was now looking at them play and thinking. Oh, why couldn't that be me? Well, I mean,
2: you could probably say that about any player that's left a successful club. But Jeremy Howe left to play in the forward line. He was promised a chance to play forward at Collingwood. That didn't happen. I'd be more upset about that than seeing Melbourne <laughs> play well now. <laughs> I mean, he true. would not get a time in Melbourne's forward line at the moment either. But, yeah, it is a he He gave a very nice interview because I obviously watched that game from home Um obviously to everyone apparently. Uh yeah, no, he gave a really nice interview about Nathan Jones and, and what Nathan Jones means to that club, which is really nice.
1: Well, it was obvious be- because of the amount of it, past players that were there watching him. It was actually really lovely to see them get around him.
2: Can I just give a shout out to my brother as well quickly? He's a huge huge Demons fan. He's you know, he's an adult, he's not a child um and he I was with him on on Saturday night, and he was rocking his nathan jones t shirt and just really excited about it and yeah, seeing him and my mum, another Melbourne supporter, really happy. Um, with this win was really, really nice.
1: Oh, I was surrounded by happy days on Saturday night. <laughs> it was quite delightful. Uh, one last question, Gemma. Is it worth worrying about West Coast Eagles or, like Geelong, are they just shaking off some
2: cobwebs? Oh, again, it's so early in the season. Like, you never want to win by this uh, – lose by this margin, but it's so early in the season. The Eagles are dealing with some border stuff as well as some injury stuff. Yeah, they're going to have to try some things over the coming weeks given the injuries to Hearn and McGovern in defence. But Barris, is that how you say it? Barris or Barass? I say Barass. Barass. Someone tell us if if we're saying it wrong. (laughs) Um, Him, you know, Tom Cole, there's there's a number of players who are very, very good in that defensive line that they can cover those losses and they've shown in the past they can. It's more important to see what they do this coming weekend than what last weekend was. Does that make sense? Agree. Yeah. So I wouldn't be worried about West Coast, but um, you'd want to see them bounce back from this quite well. I think the biggest
1: sign, though, of maybe that there is some trepidation with them is the way Adam Simpson spoke about them in the press conference. And I felt a little bit similar when I heard Damien Hardwick speak about Richmond. There just seemed to be a little bit of pain there when normally they might brush off a game like that. But... You know there there's some angst there, not that doesn't mean that they won't come back from it, but you could see that they felt uncomfortable about their performances.
2: well, how would you feel going in to face <laughs> the current state of footy media after losing by that margin? true, you know like that surely that's got that's playing a part in that feeling as well, right. Absolutely. All right. Well, now that we are
1: looking ahead, let's look ahead to round seven and get your tips and my tips. I'll kick it off. On Friday night, Richmond will play the Western Bulldogs at the MCG and I have tipped the Western Bulldogs, Gemma.
2: Yeah. I I mean, as much as we talked about this being a game that Richmond would win, it's very hard to tip against the Dogs right now. Absolutely, first
1: on the ladder, and no dusty. I know I said Richmond's not just all dusty, but I think he still is important to that side. So I am going with the Dogs on Saturday. Collingwood will play Gold Coast Suns at the MCG. Who are you going for?
2: Look, I know it's in Melbourne, but I am going to go with the Suns. the The thing that the thing that makes me go with the Suns is that last week it wasn't a fluke; it was work rate, which we talked about, was work rate for four quarters, that wins you games. Even if you make mistakes and there's errors here and you turn the ball over at times, if you can do that for four quarters, you surely are in with a chance to win the game, right? I think you're right, but I've still tipped the
1: pies. (laughs) I am kind of regretting <laughs> that after hearing you say that. I
2: feel like I'd be a good politician. I'm good at convincing you about that. Oh, something. you really are. <laughs> it's
1: actually annoying. I should talk to you before I do my tips, <laughs> but I have gone with the pies. I think they're due for a win at home and I'm, I'm almost tipping them because I just really want them to win.
2: Well, you're going to lose a few fans there, Anna. I know. It's because oh. you love Brodie Grundy and Darcy Moore. <laughs>
1: I do love them. (laughs) I think they're amazing. Uh, The next game is Adelaide Crows versus GWS at Adelaide Oval. I have tipped Adelaide for this one.
2: Yeah. uh, As much as they lost on the weekend, um, I just really like the way they play their footy and the emergence of a lot of these younger players. I really enjoy watching them play. Um, The Giants are in some good form, but I reckon... The crows will pit them,
1: yeah, I think after that loss they're gonna they're gonna come back firing, yeah, on all cylinders. The next game, speaking of the loss, uh is Saint Kilda versus Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium. I have tipped the Hawks after a win, I think they'll be flying high and come in with a lot of confidence.
2: The Saints are so tricky to tip, aren't they, Cause they they're really up are. and down, like I can fully see them coming out and just smashing Hawthorn here. Like they did a couple of weeks ago after a big loss. I'm still going to tip Hawthorne. <laughs> I know.
1: If there's, it actually can't. Like, my tips from last week were just all over the place and got so many wrong. Look, I haven't even looked. <laughs> it's, it was. It, and some of those, I mean, you know, there were so many things that we couldn't have predicted. So, anyway, we'll just tip and get them wrong and that's fine. But that's a, that means it's a great footy season, really. Yeah, in theory. (laughs) I'm going with it. Still on Saturday night, Brisbane Lions play Port Adelaide as already discussed earlier in the episode. I'm tipping Port Adelaide here, Gemma. Yes, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) This one's at the Gabba though. It'll be very interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, we talked about it earlier. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. No Lockie Neal very much hurts Brisbane against, you know, the likes of Boak and Wines and all of those big, strong midfielders. They'll need a few Ollie Wines after that game, I reckon.
1: (laughs) Also on Saturday night is Sydney Swans versus Geelong. I am going for the... Well, I'm not going for, but I believe the the Cats
2: will just get over your Swans. I'm so sorry to say. Uh, You don't have to apologise. Sydney's injuries are going to make it very, very difficult for them to win. I'm... Uh, naively going to tip Sydney because it's fun um, and who knows if oh. this could be a game that Sydney you know, comes out and wins because they are prone to winning games they shouldn't uh, so I'm going to go with the Swans here but fully aware that it is a biased tip I love a who
1: knows tip <laughs> I love
2: a who knows tip <laughs>
1: just throw caution to the wind and tip away Yeah, I love it on Sunday, North Melbourne will play Melbourne. Now, we've got a bit of an asterisk around this game because this may change.
2: Yeah, I think most people are of the assumption that it's going to be played at Marvel. Uh, we haven't seen any official announcements yet, but as it stands, it's being played in Tassie. Yes. But if it's at Marvel, I'll see you all there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to a men's footy match since 2019 oh so. wow yeah Gemma you gotta get around it women's footy has been on yes and that's the priority of course
1: but you gotta get there now so if
2: this is at Marvel then I'll be there
1: well I will tip Melbourne for this game oh yeah
2: that's what we're doing yes I will also tip Melbourne. <laughs> I
1: think that one's a no-brainer although again still Melbourne you never know
2: Melbourne are not gonna lose to North Melbourne.
1: <laughs> God, I just, I'm so terrified that they might um, for no real reason. Essendon will play Carlton on Sunday as well at the MCG. I am tipping Essendon after a
2: nice win on
1: Anzac Day. I think they will storm home in this one.
2: See, this is another one that they're just two teams that are wildly unpredictable and torture their fans on a regular basis. I agree. I mean, really, it's anyone's game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go with Essendon, but there's Every chance, Carlton just blow them out of the water. Totally.
1: <laughs> and then the last game, of course, is West Coast Eagles versus Freo. I'm tipping West Coast after a, a abysmal game last weekend. I think they're going to be really, really wanting a win and I think they'll come out firing.
2: I'm going Freo. David Mundy rules all. Mm. Uh, Sean Darcy is having the season of his career. Andrew Brayshaw is absolutely stepping up to the plate. I love Frio right now. I mean, I always love Frio, but um, I'm very excited to see them come up against West Coast and potentially get the win here. Uh, shout out. Actually, not
1: shout out to Nat Fife's hair. I don't like it. He can pull his socks up when it comes to his hair. I have no opinions. <laughs> <laughs> uh well on that note i think it's probably for- time for us to wrap up we would love to get some feedback not about my hair comments about players but uh your thoughts on the games and what you'd like to hear from us but more importantly your questions so please do write to us we are at rana Hoss on twitter at play on radio melb as well Gemma, where are you
2: Find me at GLBastiani on Twitter. That is where I live.
1: Please do like us and rate us. It really helps us. Uh, And as I said last week, Women's Voices talking about men's footy is so niche but so important. And I think your support could really help us do more and do better. Uh, So tell a friend, but review and subscribe really is the best thing you can do for us. Thank you for listening. Who needs love when you've got footy actually?